great. Canada's got one COVID shot down, one to go, and I will be fully vaccinated with antibodies ready to talk to you about pinball. Now, I will say this. I hope everybody gets vaccinated. It's the fastest way to get back to the life we love and the shows we love, okay? Don't be like the fools down there in the Texas Ranger Stadium packing themselves in before most of those people are even vaccinated. But I will say this. The vaccine knocks you out. I had the Moderna on Monday and I feel like a ton of bricks was dropped on top of me and I was just so tired. I'm still tired. It's Wednesday morning. And here's the thing though. Please get vaccinated. I think everyone needs to do their part. Okay. What's happened in the last week? So this has been really funny. Pinside has been down now for a few days and what a glorious few days it has been because now all of you out there who love pinball, I think you're realizing when this site goes down, I think you're learning two things. I think you're learning how important Pinside is to the momentum and actually caring about this hobby. For so many of you out there who are listening to this show, you go on to Pinside every day and you see what's going on in the pinball world. When that gets shut down, I think there are pros and cons to a site like that being removed from the internet for a few days as they're dealing with a fire in their data something network sort of room. I don't know what's going on over there. Now, some people have accused Canada or Robert Mueller of setting this fire. So if there were two people in the world that wanted to see Pinside burn, it would be Canada and Robert Mueller. I'm here to tell you I did not set the fire over at Pinside. But here's what happened when that site goes down. I think we lose our connection to so many people, so many conversations, both good and bad. I think it's very refreshing when that site goes down because a lot of people who are keyboard warriors who spend all day on there hijacking every thread. They can't stop talking about pinball on pin side. It's good for these people to go walk in the park, Understand there's more to life than sitting on the toilet arguing about Deep Root and whether or not they're going to get games out. It's good not to jump into every Led Zeppelin thread and say what a piece of crap the game is and just live your life. But the biggest part people miss when a site like Pinside goes down is access to others in the community, mostly for help and support. I think that is the main value proposition of Pinside, you have a problem in your game. Your left flipper on Rick and Morty might be acting up, or your diverter in Guns N' Roses might be acting wonky, or you need to know this or that, or you have a problem, and you can go to Pinside at any hour of the night, during any day of the week, and you will get a response from someone in the community who probably could help you out. So that's a good thing. Now, I did put up the Great Canada Pinside Derby on my Facebook page just to show you something that I've been thinking about, and that is this. There are a few hyper posters on Pinside who are responsible for the majority of the conversation. So leading the pack, leading the pack with 54,000 and something post is Odin. And I did a little summary. If he had spent just two minutes thinking about each thing he posted and thinking about what he was about to write, he would have wasted 75 days of his life. 75 days of his life he's spent posting on Pinside. I'm going to talk a little bit about this on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast because I do think Pinside going down causes some people to reflect about the amount of time and energy and money you're pumping into this hobby. And when this thing goes down, I think it does make some people step back 
and reflect. What am I doing? Am I spending way too much time arguing with these fools on the internet? Why am I doing this? Is there any real value in this? And I'm going to give you some conclusions that I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks as I've had a new baby, as I've seen Pinside go down, as I've seen these prices skyrocket in this hobby. I don't know how anyone who's into pinball has not had a moment of reflection over the last month. This hobby is going in a direction in which I'm not sure that I want to be on this train if this train's going to keep going in this direction. We'll talk a little bit about that. I also found it interesting because when people say life was better in the 80s and the 90s, right? We all are very nostalgic for that period of time in our lives when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s. And for many of us, going to the arcade and the arcade experience in which we played so many iconic games that we love, not just all those Bally Williams games from the 90s, in pinball, but you know who I'm talking about, you Street Fighter fans out there, you Mortal Kombat fans out there, you Donkey Kong fans out there, you Pac-Man fans out there. We used to go into an arcade, think about this time, and when a new game came out, there was no internet, there was no like release date for any of these games. You walked into an arcade, and there it was, the new game that you couldn't wait to put your quarters into. The other thing that happened is you played the game, and you either liked it or didn't like it. Now your expectations were much more likely to be entertained by these things. You know why? Because there was no internet. There were no YouTube and TikTok jackasses telling you what a piece of crap this game was, right? There was no early reviews from people who went to the arcade show and played it already. We had an open mind back then. And if there's one thing I miss about my childhood, about growing up in that period of time, we had an imagination and we let stuff in. Like we actually saw stuff and let it in without having all of this outside noise constantly telling us what to think about stuff. Ding, 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 outside noise like Canada's Pinball Podcast. I mean, how many of you out there have had a hard time enjoying or even thinking about Willy Wonka because of Canada berating the game over and over and over again? And I'm also part of that problem. We all are. Like, we, everyone wants to have an opinion about this stuff. And by the time you step up to things in the modern world, your opinion about them has already been forged. And that is not the best way to experience this stuff. But the other part is this. When we went on those games and we played them, if we didn't enjoy them and they were not great, there was no way to tell people, don't put your quarters in this machine. It's terrible. Stay away from Major Havoc. It's horrible. Stay away from this game. It's not very good. You know, we didn't play these Bally Williams games and go to the internet and complain about the lack of code. Nobody had these machines in their homes. They just went out and enjoyed them. And so when Pinside goes down, Imagine a world in which there is no pin side. Just think about that for a minute. Let's close our eyes and think about a world in which there is no pin side and how much different, how much different this hobby would be for so many of you out there who need it, who need it to be interested in this hobby day in and day out. I think pin side does a great job of getting people into this hobby. But I also think Pinside does a great job of placing too much importance on pinball into people's lives. And I mean it. And I see people and I see how addictive it can be to be in a community like Pinside in which your persona on that site actually brings you more enjoyment. And you might even have more attention, more clout 
and more power and more relevance on Pinside than you do in your own personal life. That people know who you are more on Pinside than at your own company. That you might have more of a relationship there than you do with your own wife and kids. And then you see these guys, clearly many of them are, are held up somewhere and all they can think about all day long is pinball. And I'm not here to shame those people. I mean, maybe you need outlets. We all need outlets in life to sort of get through the day. But there's something about if this site went down, we would not live in a world where Pirates of the Caribbean would sell for $38,000. We would not have all this frenzy to get this stuff. There is something I'm learning more and more. And maybe this is just me because I'm a parent and I'm looking at the world these days and I'm watching NFT artwork sell for this. I'm watching Jared hype up Ninja Turtle toys. I'm going to talk about that next because I'm just, I'm kind of at the point now and I know I'm the ultimate hype man. I'm at the point now where it's almost like there's too much of it. There's too much of us saying everything is going to be the next greatest thing on the planet. Every next pinball machine is going to be the one you're really going to want. Oh my God, if they never make Pirates of the Caribbean again, you have to get it because if you don't get your hands on it, your life will be incomplete. I'm here to tell you right now, for $38,000, for $30,000, for $20,000, you could take a first class trip to Japan and have the most amazing time in your life that you will never forget. I would rather go to Japan. I would rather go to Tokyo and play in those arcades and eat great sushi and see the sights and learn about a new culture and travel around that countryside for two weeks than own a Pirates of the Caribbean. I would trade all of my rare Neo Geo cabinets for another trip to Tokyo. This notion that once we buy these things, we are somehow going to feel better about ourselves, that this stuff's going to make us happier, it's bogus. It's bogus. And those rich guys who are doing it, you know this, and I know this, it's not making them any happier. It's not making them any more satisfied. Now, a lot of these gentlemen are very happy to begin with. Don't get me wrong. When you are wealthy and you are rich and you have a lot of money and you can burn money on $30,000 pinball machines and you can order LEs and CEs without even thinking twice, good for you. And if you deserved it and you worked hard and you're proud of what you produced in this world, good for you. I will never be some crazy socialist who says we need to come and take from those people their enjoyment. We need to take from them the profit that they made off of their productivity in life. Absolutely not. The whole reason we live is work gives life meaning and you need to feel good about what you produce in this world. If you do not feel good about what you produce in this world, you will not feel any better because you stuck a pinball machine into your studio apartment and now a third of your net worth lies inside a pinball machine. That's not how you're supposed to live and we need more people to tell these people not to do that, okay? But this hype train, this FOMO, this fear that if you don't get this machine now, somehow your life is going to be incomplete, it's stupid. It's stupid. Let me read you Jared's post on this Ninja Turtle Stern collaboration that I saw. This is so representative of the modern world of these social media influencers and the way they want us to think about all this stuff that we don't need. Okay, it's just going to be another item you put on your shelf. It's a toy in which you're not going to want to open the box because if you open the box, you're not going to have any value left in the item. So it's a toy you can't play with. How stupid is that? Did you see the Super Mario Brother game that sold for $666,000? Simply because, two things, it was put in a desk drawer 
35 years ago as a gift and was never taken out. Okay, but then here's the part why it's worth so much money. It's not just that. This was a unique variation of the game in which it was made with a special shrink wrap and the box had like a sticker on it that they didn't put on every single copy. Just some random nonsense thing that happened as they were making millions of these games. There was a variation in the shrink wrap of the game on the box. And now it's worth $666,000. It's stupid. It's stupid. This is the problem with where everything is going is we've almost lost touch with what's important in life. And I'm telling you, the things that are important in life are experiences over possessions. And I know it's weird to say that on a pinball podcast as all of you are listening being like, is Canada on like some sort of like medication right now? I'm not. I'm not. And I definitely think we all should own some pinball machines if we love pinball. Don't get me wrong. But man, we should not be spending two to three times what pinball machines are worth. But let me read you the Stern Pinball and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Toy Collection. So Jared says, let me tell you how proud I am and how amazing this is. What you're seeing here is the NECA Time Stern Pinball Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Collector's Box coming exclusively to Walmart. Let's just stop right there. You know, nothing, nothing that will ever bring you true happiness and joy in life is found at Walmart. Nothing worth collecting, nothing truly valuable is found exclusively at Walmart, people. He then goes on to say the artwork was done by longtime Stern Pinball collaborator Jeremy Packer, aka Zombie Eddie Studios, and was first featured on the 2020 Pinball Machine release, but now has been reformatted for actual toy packaging a t-shirt, a beanie, keychain, and magnet, exclamation point. Now here's the part, this is the part, this is the part, this is the world we live in, this is the world we live in. You gotta go in and get Ethereum, you gotta go in and get Bitcoin, you gotta go in and get these NFTs, you gotta go in and get this Super Mario game, you gotta buy the, the, the Tom Brady rookie card for two times what it sold for last year. You gotta have all this stuff. If you don't have this stuff, your life is incomplete. And then he goes on to say, for toy collectors, this will be a must-have item because of the exclusivity and rarity. Okay, let's break this down. It's 2021, Jared. Who the hell needs a Ninja Turtles toy that was built this year on their shelf? Who? There's no, there's no story. This isn't part of the Ninja Turtle world we grew up with. It's just a new toy. And I don't even know what's different about it other than the fact that it has Stern's artwork on the box. He then goes on to write, for TMNT lovers, this will be a must-have item because of the collectability and art. The collectability and art. Let me tell you something, Jared. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a property for kids. It's a property for kids to enjoy, to use their imagination, to want to be the Ninja Turtles. Now the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle property is something for collecting? What happened to the world? We used to wake up and enjoy this stuff. We used to rip open these boxes. We used to play these games. We used to bend these toys. We used to hurl Shredder across the room at our brothers. We used to not give a crap about any of this. Now here we are. It's a must-have because of its collectability. What the heck happened? All right? I'm just being a little bit sarcastic. I know Jarrett lives in this world of grown men who collect these toys. I know he's always at the Dallas store that has all those toys and his room is filled with toys. And I used to be one of those men. I used to be one of those grown adults who collected Transformers. And guess what I did? 
I sold my Transformer collection for $35,000. And the reason why I sold it, I just got tired of walking by these toys, seeing them on a shelf, I never opened them, and I was just OCD paranoid about the condition of the boxes. And that was it. That was it. That was the only thing. And the more I looked at them, I'm like, you know what? I enjoyed these when I was a kid. I will never be able to relive the magic of walking into Toys R Us and there was an entire aisle of Transformer toys. And trying to relive that as a grown adult, maybe it's easier just to like live with those memories versus trying to like hoard every single thing from my youth, put them on shelves, and then that's it. They don't do anything. They just literally sit there. He then goes to say, for pinball lovers, this will be the must-have item for the connection to the pinball machine and to support a beloved artist in the community. Let me repeat that. If you love pinball, this is a must-have item? Can we just stop right there? This is like, wh what? Like, where is this connection even happening? How is this a must-have item if you love pinball? How? All right. Because of the connection to the pinball machine and to support a beloved artist in the community, we all love Zombietti. And here's how you support Zombietti. You buy his pinball machines. That's why he made this artwork for a pinball machine. And then it goes on to say, I love this part. This is like where like all this hype, I'm just getting, again, can you tell Canada's getting a little fed up with this hype world we live in? And for pinball itself, this is now a massive leap forward in front-facing visibility and awareness about the Stern Pinball brand being on products on the shelf at every Walmart in America. It's just a massive collaboration and move, okay? No, it's not. No, it's not, Jarrett. It's not. You're acting as if there are no other products in Walmart. Okay, let's, let's, let's picture this for a minute. You walk into Walmart and you go into the toy aisle and you see this new Ninja Turtles toy. Okay, you see the shredder with the box. It's got the zombie Eddie artwork on it. Okay, what goes on inside your head? When was the last time you saw a toy box and said, hey, I wonder who did the artwork? When was the last time you walked into a toy store and you saw the box and you saw like a little logo at the bottom that says Stern? Just says Stern Pinball on it. That's it. There's no big connection or story on the back about how this artwork came from the Stern Pinball machine. There's no massive connection going on. It's just a little logo on a box. Nobody's going to think about it. This isn't some massive way in which the pinball sort of brand is getting out into the world. But this, but this is it. This is it. This is the world we live in. You have to buy a Pirates of the Caribbean for $38,000. This is a massive move for pinball, having a little logo on a toy box that no grown adult should even be looking at. These are toys for kids. And no kid can afford a pinball machine. Is a side effect of getting the vaccine Cranky Canada? Ah, man, it's just, I just really, 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 really want to get back to life the way it used to be. But when we turn life back on, I really do implore all of us out there to think differently about how we behave a little bit coming out of COVID-19 because this internet hype world, these influencers who think they have influence, all of this is not what we need. What we need in pinball is simple. We need pinball machines that put the most magic into the game and give us what we pay for. That will always be the narrative of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I wanna get what we're paying for. Now, I might like or not like Willy Wonka based on the gameplay, based on the theme integration, but if you buy a Willy Wonka for what Jersey Jack Pinball is charging you for it, 
you are getting your money's worth. You just are. There is so much more in that game, so much more quality of product, so much more bomb in that game than you are getting from a Stern. So you're getting what you pay for. Now with Stern machines, I think you're getting what you pay for in the pro and the premium. I absolutely don't think you're getting anywhere near what you're paying for in a Stern LE. They know what they're doing. They're doing the smart thing. They're getting this hype train going with these LEs. The FOMO is what drives their LEs. I saw this week, and this was somewhat depressing, an Elvira LE, not even the signature one, an Elvira LE just sold for $15,000. $15,000. I think Elvira LE was 10 grand. Now it's sold for the price of the version with the couch. So, the, so now you're telling me that the signature edition, which was limited to 50, that was such a cash grab piece of crap, you're telling me that game now is worth 20 grand? I probably could have sold my Batman SLE now for at least 20 to 25,000. I sold it for 16,000. And so here we are. Here we are. It's no longer about the game. It's no longer about the gameplay. It's no longer about the magic. It's no longer about how much people love the game. It's simply about having something that was shrink-wrapped in the factory with a sticker on it that just makes it different. There's no reason why if you want to enjoy the Elvira experience, you can have it. They're all the same game. There's no difference in the game. But now, all of a sudden, this has become what people are doing. They just want rarity. They just want collectability. They just want to have something that their neighbors don't have because there's only a finite amount of it. Because there's only a finite amount of Bitcoin, it's now like fifty to $60,000. Even if there's nothing back in it, even if like you can make more money in crypto in the last year than your entire career of working. It's sad. It's sad. You know, I watched my dad like work 37 years for a company, working his butt off, saving his money, doing all this. And if he had simply put just 5% of his income into crypto, he would have made more than he did in all those years of working his ass off. And, and we're supposed to celebrate this stuff and, and get excited about this? I don't think so. How's that exciting to anybody? But that's the world we live in. You want to make money for nothing. You want to buy these things at these crazy high prices just to say you have them. Just to say you have them. So who is the person who bought the new inbox Pirates of the Caribbean? Is he going to open it up and lose $10,000 immediately? I saw Vidius selling his again. And he, he regretted selling this machine that he had to go get it back. And then he went and got it back. And now he's selling it again. And he'll regret selling it even for $30,000 because as my good friend Derek tells me, he says it like this, it's a lot easier for me to go make $30,000 than it is for me to find a Pirates of the Caribbean collector's edition. And he's not wrong there. He is not wrong there. There are only 200 in the world. But this is how it starts. This is how the mental snowballing begins. That if I get these things, they are somehow going to make my life so much better. And then look, I'm just here to tell you, like, I'm, I'm just having a reflective day. So I just want you to think about it. I think pin side being down is good because we no longer have to see these crazy prices for a week. Okay, so let me give you some news and rumors and what I'm looking forward to in pinball because here's what excites me about pinball. And here's why if you found the first half of this podcast, and I'm not going to go for 50 minutes, but if you found what I've been saying to be a little melancholy, did it bring you down a little bit? Don't worry because here's the good news. The 
good news is this. There are so many good games that are going to come out, and you're going to be able to buy them for not a penny more than the manufacturer suggests, and that's a good thing. I think all of us, and most of us are on the sidelines watching one rich idiot buy Elvira for $1,500, another rich idiot buying Pirates for $38,000. The majority of us are not these people. For the rest of us, we will have the most fun in this hobby because we are going to get a lot of new games out this year and we're going to be able to decide which games are the most magical, which games are giving us the most for the money. And here's the thing too, ladies and gentlemen, I think for many of you out there and you're like me, you will decide that none of these are for me, that I will wait, I will play these games at a friend's house, I will play these games at a show because we will be going back to pinball shows and I will play these games on location and I will enjoy them, but I don't need to own them. That is the part that Jared doesn't want you to know or George Gomez or anyone over at American Pinball. Imagine if you woke up every day and said, I don't need to own another pinball machine. Imagine trying that. Imagine saying, I'm happy with the way my life is right now. I don't need another game. I'm just one person. For many of you out there, why do you need 30, 40 games or 15 games or 10? You're one person. You can play one game at a time. Yeah, I get it. Some of you found your games at bargain basement prices, but for those of you who are getting into the hobby now, trust me, you don't need a large collection. You don't need more than one or two games at a time to enjoy pinball because you could have two machines that complement each other game style wise. Like you could have a Guns N' Roses next to an Avengers and you could be happy for the next six months exploring each of those games. That's it. And you wouldn't need any more. Your wife wouldn't be embarrassed when she shows people the room with all the games in it. Let's face it, your friends aren't coming over that much. I mean, when I had an arcade, like everyone thinks, oh, I'm gonna get an arcade, I'm a grown man, and I'm gonna get an arcade, and everyone's gonna come over and it's gonna be like it was. No, it's not, trust me. Nobody's coming over. If they do come over, they barely come over. Those games will barely be turned on. Who's gonna play them? Your kids are gonna play them. And for the most part, they're gonna be bored of them. But you're never gonna get, you're never gonna get that moment you think you're gonna get like it was walking into an arcade in the 80s and 90s. It's not gonna happen, it's not gonna happen. So new games are coming out. Now, I'm gonna give you some rumors right now. I made you wait for it. I made you listen to me talk about other stuff. Here's what I'm hearing. Okay, so Brian Eddy's game. I got an email yesterday, and I wanna just tell you exactly what this email said. And it said, and this is from one of my somewhat reliable sources, but I have now two sources that are contradicting each other. I have one person over here, Mr. Rare Hero, says he knows what Brian Eddy's next game is, but he won't tell me. Okay, thank you, Greg. I'm, I'm so happy you know what it is and you won't tell me. And then I have another person who's anonymous who said the following, Brian Eddy's Back to the Future is imminent or imminent. He said that. So what does that mean, imminent? So that means any day now, any week now. Brian Eddy, Back to the Future. Okay, how exciting would that be? Great, awesome. Then I take that to Rare Hero and I say, hey, is it Back to the Future? And he goes, that's not what I'm hearing. So take it for what it's worth. Do you think Brian Eddy and Back to the Future is going to come out from Stern Pinball? Now, if anyone can get as much of the Back to the Future license lined up, and everybody wants Michael J. Fox, Everybody wants him, but not even Joe Kamikow was able to get him in the original game that came out. Now, Joe Kamikow 
is the guy that would get this for Stern. So do you think that Joe Kamikow and Brian Eddy are going to make a Back to the Future game via Stern Pinball? It opens up a lot, a lot of excitement in a lot of you. Now, look, we're going to find out sooner than later. I, for some reason, don't think it's going to be that. If I were to guess what I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Mortal Kombat, and that's my guess, but I don't know for sure. I haven't seen anything. Everyone is going on rumors right now. So is it going to be that? Is it going to be Back to the Future? Is it going to be something completely different? Who knows? Is it going to be Beetlejuice? I don't know. Nobody knows right now. But I did hear that it's a contemporary theme. So if it was Back to the Future, then the contemporary theme is out the window. But Mortal Kombat would be a much more contemporary license because the new movie is coming out right now. And Mortal Kombat's from the 90s. So we'll see what happens with Brian Eddy's next game. It's coming soon, though. And that's my point. Why would you run? and buy Elvira right now when you could just wait. And let's be honest, people. Elvira LEs are now not worth $15,000. Pirates of the Caribbean machines are now not worth that. A couple morons spending this much money is not the new price of the game. It's not. It's not. And what's going to happen is this. If Back to the Future comes out and it's great, if Toy Story comes out and it's great, if Jersey Jack could actually ship Guns N' Roses machines faster, more people would want them right now. No one wants to wait a year. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about this, but if you order a Guns N' Roses right now, you're, you're like an eight to nine month waiting time to get your game. Why would anyone order now? Well, I wouldn't order. And you're spending $1,000 more. Everyone's just going to wait and buy used versions of the game because people will get tired of Guns N' Roses and people will want to sell their machines. And because they raise the price, Ellie buyers who got in at the lower price are absolutely going to cash out and go give the game to new people. But every time I see a picture of the JJP line, I just don't see people making the games. I, I, I saw another one today. It's all the back boxes lined up. Like, why can't they take a video in the middle of the day when things are being made? So Brian Eddy, Back to the Future, we will see. I saw that Chuck and Bug took a road trip and they alluded to their visit being something around their next title. As I said, Spooky Pinball's next game is coming out in June of 2021. It's not going to be, what was it, Night of the Living Dead? Or was they had a hat on the dashboard? It's not going to be that, people. They're not, they're, they love to do this. They love to sort of tease people and send them in the wrong direction. Uh, it's going to be a movie. It's going to be a mainstream movie. So how about Beetlejuice over at Spooky Pinball? Wouldn't that be a great home for Beetlejuice? We know that Stern passed on it. I don't think Beetlejuice would make sense for CGC considering everything they have going on. So how about a Beetlejuice? How about a Christopher Franchi working with Spooky Pinball on a Beetlejuice machine that is next from Spooky? That would be a perfect mainstream movie that falls into the spooky theme that I think a lot of people would want, okay? Can they get all those assets from the Beetlejuice movie? I don't know, but I think you would need to have that. I'm excited to see this next one. I really am. And speaking of spooky pinball, there is a new code update for Rick and Morty, and it has like the Martian Moon Man song in it. Really cool update. Really neat that they got that in there. If you have a Rick and Morty, I think there's going to be more fun stuff that keep dropping into this game. And I'm happy for all of you out there who are enjoying your Rick and Mortys. The gameplay is not for me. 
it just wasn't for me gameplay wise. Uh, I do love the callouts. I love the clips. I love the theme integration. But I just wish it was more rewarding to shoot. And I can already hear like Rare Hero yelling at me because he loves it so much. It's great. I'm happy you love it. On the day I did my April Fool's show of, of Raza shipping, on that day, Robert Mueller and the Deep Root team had their next correspondence in which we heard more delays. And now we're starting to hear the fact that they are going to possibly offer refunds if we get to mid-May and games are not ready to ship. Here's my take on Deep Root overall. I don't want to give Deep Root that much more airtime because only 130 people are in on a Raza. That's, that's nothing. Stern makes 130 games in a day and a half. Just think about that for a minute. Stern Pinball in one day and a half can make more games than Deep Root Pinball got orders for. Now, in a day and a half, Deep Root Pinball can't make anything. In a year and a half, they can't make anything. In three and a half years, they can't make anything. So I don't even want to treat this company with the same level of focus as we do the other companies in the industry who are getting it done. I was talking to a friend the other day and I said, right now, pinball is really just a three horse race. And that's it. It's a three horse race with an outlier that every once in a while decides to race, but they're not really part of it. To me, pinball is stern, Jersey Jack and spooky. And that's it. That's it. Every once in a while, Chicago Gaming Company will come in with a remake, but we wait two years for that, and we've already played those games until they make a new game. It's still just the old stuff with some new trimming and dressings on it. Year in and year out, who else is really giving you pinball? Everybody else, not so much. Doesn't have the demand. And I know I can already hear Jerry from P3 Multimorphic being like, well, what about us? Yes, Jerry, you're an outlier though. You're not leading. You're not one of the lead dogs. You're not selling 100 to 200 games a year. You're not. I would add in American Pinball to this race as well. But American Pinball has really struggled to be in that top three position. They really have. Like, they haven't had a title that really has excited people like Spooky, like Jersey Jack, and like Stern. So if I were to say to you, you know, who's really leading? Right now, it's those three. American Pinball, definitely the fourth. CGC is the fifth because God knows why it takes them so long to get anything done. The rest of the companies are so far in the back. And it's unbelievable to me that we have like 16 or 17 pinball companies that are legitimately trying to still make pinball machines. American Pinball has to win us over. They know that. They know that their next title has to be won that shows us this is a new American Pinball. I don't know where it is. I don't know what the delay is. But if it's Legends of Valhalla, that's not going to cut it. And they know that. And they know that. After David Fix said he's got Roger Sharp and he's got Dennis Norman. So we are excited to see what's next from AP. But to me, AP still has not been a pinball company that has wowed us with anything yet. So let's see what happens over there. Now, the good news is this. AP's price point puts them in a good position to be successful. Now, what they need to figure out, they need to figure out a way to make it like a two-tiered model. They didn't make anything for collectors. They had the worst marketing strategy of like, we're gonna make these games as long as people want them and we're not gonna like limit it. It doesn't work. You still need to have some, some sense of this game will not be made forever. If you say you're gonna make the game forever, there's no urgency to buy. And with so much competition in pinball, you need to create some urgency to buy, right? If Rick and Morty was like, we're gonna make as many Rick and Mortys as people want, there's no way the game sells out in one hour. And they would they would be making that game for 18 years because the demand for it is greater than the 750. 
So I'm excited to see what's next from all these companies. I think AP has to be giving us a game in the next couple months. They have to be. There's no way they can keep waiting because here's what's going to happen. If Brian Eddy's title is a juggernaut theme and the game is good, it's right. It doesn't have another Stranger Things moment. It really makes it hard for everybody else. There's only so much money and room people have. And so I'm super excited to put my feet up and watch all of this because I have no room for any of these games. My Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition is paid for and it is sitting in storage in Chicago. I am not going to take delivery because there's going to be a crib where it would have been. When I get a house, who knows when? Look at the housing market. You want to talk about depressing? Look at the stupid housing market in America. I mean, literally, people are doing everything opposite of what a financial advisor would tell you to do. People are bidding on houses without even doing inspections. People would rather be house broke and look rich than have money in the bank and live below their means. See, I'm going the other way, and that's why we're in this one bedroom, is I'm living below my means, I'm saving a lot of money each month, investing a lot of money each month, so that when I am 60 years old, I never have to work another day in my life, versus looking super wealthy when I'm 44, and then I get to the point where like, oh, I'm an old creative and there's no need for me anymore, and then God forbid something happens in my career, and then we're underwater immediately. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not buying a Pirates as my investment strategy. I know this has been a little bit of a weird episode 568, but you know, I'm back on the airwaves. There's no pin side. What else are you going to do? What else? Are you, who else are you going to listen to? Come on, Canadian Pinball Podcast. We went four for four, all right? We're going to get some interviews. I just have to find the time. You'll be able to catch me on Orbiter Albert's show sometime soon. We're just trying to find the right time. Have a good day, everybody. Enjoy this period off of Pinside. Baby Killian is crying. I'm going to go see how to soothe this little man. Love you guys. Later. Oh, oh,